The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson, and you're yes. listening to the Diesel Performance whoa, Podcast. Whoa, dude, what about me? Yeah, I thought you wanted to go home. Wow, I mean, I offered, but... <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, guys. This is Chris Emke. Fuck. Who is also on the Diesel <laughs> Performance Podcast today. Uh, guys, it's Friday. We're having a great time here in the studio. I actually just got off the phone with one of our listeners yes. uh, who is picking up a switch for his LML. Kenneth, Kenneth Ad- Atkinson. Great guy. Great guy. Kind of Kenneth thank you Atkinson. so much for listening. Um, he's really into team, team roping. Yes. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing. He had to break it down for me about two months ago. Uh, I mean, he's in Texas, right? Yeah. So he went into this... Uh, complete detail of what goes on there. And he's like, I think I could build a podcast off of this. And yeah. I was just starting with you on this. And uh, I told him, I was like, I know nothing about this. Paul knows a little bit more. He's like, well, next bit. time I call in, he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna rattle his cage a little bit. I want to know more. I was like, all right, you want the expert of diesel? You keep dealing with me. When you <laughs> talk about podcasts, you deal with him. <laughs> he called in today. It just so happened he needed to switch. He rattled your cage about the podcast like yeah. he talked about. So yeah, absolutely. Kenneth, shout out. You know, he was he went out of his way to uh, he was going to look at a truck for us about a year and a half ago when we were trying oh, to find him. Oh, that's him. Yes. Okay. So great guy. Uh, I appreciate doing business with him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's straightforward. He has a badass LBZ. He's got the badass LML. So you know, it's always great to hear from listeners, guys. So if you have questions, even if it's about something that's kind of like off diesel and yeah. you just want to talk about podcasts or or whatever. Uh, feel free to get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you guys. If anything else, it, or if nothing else, it gives us a break from doing our job. Yeah, so. I mean, guys, I'll be honest. I'm basic. I like cars and trucks. Like, I like performance <laughs> stuff. Like, I'm weird. I don't like sports. I don't like guns. Like, sorry, you guys are probably going to judge me, but that's reality. I love like, when you start conversations with, I'm sorry, but I'm basic. Yeah. <laughs> I go to Starbucks on Fridays, you know. <laughs> And a basic bitch. Um, all right. And then I would say this week from Duramax Tuner, what do you got, Chris? Man, what do I have? Uh, Fords. You know, let's Ooh. dive into Fords a little bit. You know, over at Calibrated Power, we launched the 11 to 16 support for custom tuning. Yeah. Getting some inquiries about it. You know, there's a, it's a learning curve for me. You know, I just want to be very upfront. There are some guys that are going to call in that they've been in Ford, like I've been in Duramax and, and, and Cummins, right? right? So it's a learning curve. We're learning. I'm learning. Um, I appreciate all the guys that are giving us some, you know, interest. Um, and everyone that's been patient, you know, I mean, I'm not going to claim to be a knowledge expert. I think neither would you when it comes to the Ford stuff. Yeah, no, not as far as like, what's my next turbo or, right. or like what, you know, how do I make 800 horsepower? Right, right. I don't know. I don't know that stuff. I haven't done it yet. Um, but we I, have had the ability. The stock quick. trucks. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, Nick, you know, over at Duramax Tuner has given us the ability to drive in multiple years, you know, 11, yeah. 12s, 15 trucks, 16 trucks. Nick knows how to tune a truck. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We've all experienced the truck. I've had the privilege of taking them on some pretty long trips. We know what we're doing with what we're working with. Yeah, exactly. You know? So we're working on stock trucks Absolutely. right now. Uh, all emissions equipped, we're using an Edge Insight Pro, uh, yep. which is basically like a CTS-2, but yep. allows for custom tuning. Allows for the reading and IDing of the file. Exactly. Yep. Uh, pretty cool process as far as that goes. So you definitely want to jump on the Calibrated Power YouTube channel. That'll have the install instructions. Right. So you get a better idea of what's required. Uh, it is switch on the fly. It's yep. five tunes. The 11 to 14s peaking out at 480-ish. To the the rear right. wheels and then the 1516s 
Very fucking impressive. Dude, 570 yes. horsepower to the rear wheels. I mean, I, Nothing but a tune. The guy that works at our shop, he has a 15. I've had the luxury of driving in it. I mean, just the tune, 580, 570 horse. It's insane. It drives so well. So yeah, that's one of the big things and one of the I'm excited about, you know, yeah. as far as the new products that we're coming to market with over at Duramax Tuner along with some other stuff. But um, just all the Ford, you know, customers uh, six months ago, no, nah, no, nah, we don't do Fords. No, nah, we're never going to touch Ford. I literally have told people we will never tune yeah, Ford. Yeah, I have too. And like, shook my head in the process. Words, right? What a dumbass. Huh? Yeah. yeah, and then they came hey guys, out and they're like, hey, ever, we're going to tune Fords. Guys, if I ever talk to you, feel free to give us a shout again. I'm yeah, sorry. please, please. <laughs> I admit um, when I'm wrong. <laughs> it, it has been really interesting and a, a really exciting new venture to get into it. The feedback so far has been phenomenal yeah. to the point that I just did one for another podcast listener, Jim McNichol up in Canada, yep. who has the highest horsepower Ace and equipped Cummins that I know of. Right. Um, he works that fucking truck, too. He literally called me the other day and was like, how far out is that emissions equipped twin turbo kit? Because I might go trade this piece of shit in for a Ford. And my jaw hit the ground. Like, that's something I never thought I would hear. Uh, he's not. Don't worry, all the Cummins fans. Slow down. Um, we will be doing a, a twin turbo kit with Jim. But, yeah, but yeah at this point, um, it is it is very impressive. They are very fun to drive. Really similar to the LMLs. Yeah, from you know what Nick over at Duramax Tuner keeps saying, um, you know the the ECM and just the strategies and the tuning, the LMLs and the power strokes. They turbo share a lot of similarities. Yeah, you know. I, we were talking, we were going to get Nick back on here sooner than later and kind of go over some of the fundamentals and basics of the 6.7. Sneak, sneak peek, our next so. episode will be with Nick about Ford tuning. Boom, mic drop. Boom. All right, now okay. drop the mic. All no, right. um, don't don't really do that. Okay, so the other thing I want to give a big shout out, 14 millimeter Exergy CP3 pumps. Exergy is a sponsor of the show. <laughs> um, we have some experience firsthand with them. Yes, yes. Now, Chris and I, we've been doing 10 and 12 mil pumps since we started. Man, since I came out the womb. But, <laughs> you know? <laughs> there was a time way back in the day where I remembered people posting about how stroker pumps will never make power right. because back then they were all bag of parts yep. and just shit. Exergy came to the game years ago with a 10 mil, uh, probably back right when I started, about five years ago, yeah. they came out with a 12 mil, and then just recently they've they've fully launched the 14 millimeter Stroker CP3 pump. We've had a year under our belts yep. with playing with them, Nick has, and our uh, Duraburb over at the shop. I yep. mean, almost 1,100 horsepower, guys. This is no bullshit, and that's just their street version. They have a race version. Yeah, and that's know? not even taxing the pump. No, We're not oh, limited no, by no, the no, pump no, no, at no, all no. on that setup. Um, I actually asked... Uh, Rick the other day I was like so how much is the peak he says we'll find out yeah no we don't know they what? don't know like it, it's that much capacity of fuel and the cool thing is like you had mentioned the Durber street driven truck it's a simplistic build I mean this is a simple set of compounds relatively good size injector these days yeah Single pump, guys. Single you pump. Know, pop Not it only that, other than compounds. It, it, it used to be when you put a 12 mil pump on a street truck, you'd have this nightmare on your hands of drivability issues. Right. The regulator and played a big role. The regulator was not to map control. Everything. Not that way. No. Now 10, 12, 14 mils, put them on street trucks, drive them all day long, sled pull on the weekends, yep. whatever you want to do, really not a problem. So big shout out to Exergy for being a sponsor of the show. Um, we love those 14 mil pumps. Yep, they are absolutely. fucking nasty. And then, of course, our other uh, title sponsor is going to be WC Fab. Worley. Jason Worley. Yeah, man. What a good guy he is. No shit, yeah. huh? Uh, if you've ever called in and talked to Jason or got the pleasure of meeting him out at any of the shows, you'll know that Jason's a young guy. He's really passionate about this industry and about what he does. 
he's not the type of guy to shy you away. You know, no. he, he engages conversation. He's an enthusiast. He's into a lot of other hobbies, you know, <laughs> but he's just a genuine guy. Like you can go up to him, have a conversation. He's knowledgeable. You know, he's definitely a leader in the industry right now, I'd say. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that I think has a lot to do with his character and his drive. And we've had Jason and his brother Ryan on the show uh, different times. Jason's been on a few times. Ryan's been on the ones with his C10. What I always take away and what I think people who maybe don't even know a lot about the industry and don't know who the big players are, um, it doesn't matter if you've ever seen a diesel before, you'll look at the fit and finish of their products and realize this is top quality. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've I've had their kits on, on my personal trucks. Um, God offered customers a lot of different parts that you know Worley offers. I've never had fitment be an issue. Right. You know, um, and their powder coating skills over there. They have a powder coating shop in yeah. house. So I mean, sky's the limit with what kind of colors or custom colors you think you might want to come oh, up with. The black with the gold flake. Dude, I know it's just nasty. Awesome. Like, top the hood, sex appeal, what? <laughs> Pop the hood, drop the panties. There you um, go. Hey, that's Shide's 2018 slogan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, for real, uh, their LML air intake bundle, I was just talking to a guy yeah. about it the other day. He was really trying to push his truck to, like, the ultimate tow rig. Absolutely. And, and he was really concerned with, hey, if I'm doing all of this and I'm adding all of this power, and he was towing well over gross vehicle weight in situations that were going to be tough on the truck, he asked what else should I do? I'm like, man, listen, like at Duramax Tuner, I can't sell you this intake bundle. It has some parts that we don't have approved, um, but you should call Jason and buy this because this is what you need. This opens up the airflow, quicker spool up, uh, lower EGTs, just a better operating truck. And that's really what we're all about here is, is making the power and keeping the reliability. And when you're pushing the power on these LMLs and you're starting to, to fight heat, you need to keep that reliability by opening up the airflow. And that's exactly what the uh, LML high flow air intake bundle does. For today, now that we've now that we've paid the bills, boys. Um, we did. In a big way. In a big way. <laughs> we love those guys. We don't mind at all. Uh, we actually are really excited. We got a fun episode today. We usually try to teach you guys something new or maybe bring somebody on that you, you know, haven't got to hear talk before. Uh, but today we said, throw out everything you know about the Diesel Performance Podcast. We got a real asshole for you to listen to. No, I'm just joking, of course. That's the best introduction <laughs> I have ever heard. We have Manfred from Longhorn Fab Shop on the line. Manfred, how the hell are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. Dude, you Thank should you feel so much privileged for, for that introduction, by the way. That is the best introduction I think I've ever had. That is, that's awesome. That is awesome. I'm going to apologize ahead of time. You guys might hear some uh, road noise behind me. I'm on my way to go ride some razors this weekend and pulled off, especially for you guys, in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. So if you hear road traffic behind me, that's no worries. If you guys start hearing banjos, someone come get me. <laughs> <laughs> With a case of beer. Oh my gosh! I don't think I could trade it off. <laughs> it's a half drink case of beer and five gallons of fuel. You call it even? <laughs> oh yeah! I love it, Manfred. Uh, I, I got a chance to run into you out at the XDP show a couple of weeks ago. We got to talking and and having a few beverages, and we and I I just had to bring up what I know about Longhorn Fab Shop is very limited. We'll, we'll start there. Let's talk about the basics. You know, how did he <laughs> get into this? Yeah. You know, how did yeah. he get to this incident, Let, right? Let's go. So, so, Manfred, how did you get your start in diesel performance? Well, I, um, I was always a diesel enthusiast. I grew up on a farm. Um, as a kid, we had cattle, 
trucks, tractors, all that good stuff. And I uh, went to school for mechanical engineering, got into automotive stuff, built a race car while we were in school, um, worked for Toyota um, and different powertrain and all that good stuff there. And um, as soon as I graduated, there was a, a, a big downturn in the automotive industry. And so OEMs were kind of tight on hiring. And, um, but the aftermarket seemed to still be in pretty good shape. So I got a job right out of school, um, an engineering job that I wasn't really happy with. And so I thought, you know, if I'm going to be working for pennies. Um, I'll just, you know, try to start my own business on the side. And so, um, I got into, um, you know, selling some diesel parts and just a little intake and exhaust here and there. And I always told myself, you know, all I have to do is I'll make this and then I'll quit my job. Um, and then, you know, a better job came along and, um, I got more experience in the engineering field and then, um, paid better. And then I was like, you know, all, now all I have to do is make this and I'll quit and do this full time. And, um, so then I got into some engineering positions and some fortune 500 companies and all of a sudden it got really hard to quit. Um, they kind of get you with those golden handcuffs, um, and to a point where, I was working 20 hours a day, and um, you know, I was getting to bed at you know, 3, 4 in the morning, and I'd have to be up at 6 the next day to go to my, what people call a normal job. I called it my first shift job. My second <laughs> shift job was Longhorn. And um, it got to the point where I couldn't keep up anymore, and so my wife ended up um, having a, we had a little boy, and so she quit her job, and she was kind of doing it part-time, so I was doing it like, second shift full-time she was doing it first shift part-time and it got to the point where it was taking up all her day and all my evenings and um we kind of just looked at each other one day and she's like you got to decide which what route you're going you're either going to pursue this you know corporate career or we're gonna we're gonna make a go at this longhorn full-time and so that's what we did and she's been through a, a lot of long nights and a lot of hard days and weekends and and working holidays and all that stuff. But so here we are today. That's how I got the introduction of the biggest asshole on diesel power podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, so overnight success, it just took five years, huh? (laughs) Just five years in the making. I think that's a Yingling commercial or something. Overnight success, 200 years in the making. Yeah. But I think I would have, I think I would have quit at like 195. I don't know if I would have made it to the 200 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So, so Manfred, I think what, what we had initially talked about, and I'll be honest, even back when I first started in diesel, what I knew Longhorn for, was was smoking lobe tunes? No, come on, traction oh, man. bars. You're gonna get me started right before the weekend, aren't you? No, no. Yeah, so that's have a razor ride. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. We're here to fuck up your day. Yes. Um. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> oh shoot. Well, I'll, I'll get. I'll go on my rant here. How's that sound? And and um, it's actually pretty interesting that you say that that's your first memory of Longhorn because in a roundabout way that was pretty strategic. Um, I kind of told you I was doing a part time and doing a part time and you know, not making enough to quit, my budget was kind of limited too. And so what had happened was originally, back when forums were kind of relevant in the diesel industry, um, yeah, imagine that like five, six years ago, seven years ago, Manfred, two, Manfred. eight years ago. They, they, they still are relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, they went from the forum right, to right. Facebook forum. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay. So okay. they're yeah, still yeah, there. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Which yeah, you'll get lit the fuck up now. Go on www.forumurls and see how much traffic there is. You can't find a post like after 2013, I don't think. Well, that's true. Um, so, so kind of what happened was I was kind of limited on a budget, and at the time when I first started tuning trucks, you know, auto cows weren't really a thing, and I was trying to figure it all out, and I had you know my own truck and a bunch of other local trucks, and I had built a um, a small kind of uh, macro and things that I was using to calculate airflow values and boost and fuel and how to map that all through the throttle tables and all that good stuff. And so I just had a couple local guys I was tuning in trucks and we were having a good time before I really realized that there was, you know, there's actually money to be made at this. And so um, I'm just browsing through the forums one day um, and just like doing a name search to see kind of where I was, where my rankings were and how the website showed up and all that good stuff. And I found this post on a forum of this guy that um, said that he had gotten tuning from me and his truck ran the shittiest it ever ran and wouldn't run right. And he ordered a, a smoke and low tune and now he regrets it because his motor was wiped out. And I mean, all this stuff. And I'm reading this. I'm like, what in the hell? Like, I don't recognize this guy's name at all. Besides the fact that he would have had to actually come to my physical, like, home to get tuned at the time. <laughs> and I was like, man, surely, like, somebody would have, before they would have went on a forum, if that really would have happened, and it would have been someone I obviously would have known, like, I would have been calling me, texting me. It doesn't stop anyone else at, like, 3 in the morning to send me a text and 18 phone calls <laughs> and leave me voicemails. So why would it stop someone that I obviously must have known, you know? And so... I was like, this is a bunch of crap. And so I just created this blog in, you know, it was like Longhorn Fab Shop and made my password and got on there. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I don't think you're being honest here. I checked my records and I don't have any record of tuning your truck. You know, I just have done local stuff. And, um, you know, I really appreciate it if you didn't lie to everyone. This is complete crap. And uh, so the forum, I get this, um, like, account gets locked out. And I get this message from a moderator that says, uh, um, you can't get on here. You're not a paid vendor. Um, if you want to get on here and post about your business, you're going to need to pay. And it was, I don't know what it was, like three or 400 bucks a month or something like that. And obviously that wasn't in my budget because um, I really had no budget. I had no money. So um, <laughs> so I responded back and I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm not advertising my business. I was just setting the record straight. It's not like I was getting on here, you know, trying to drum up business. I was like, this guy just flat out lied about um, me and my business and the tunes. And uh, I was just setting the record straight. And he sent me a message back, and he's like, you don't understand how this works. Um, you either pay, or we will continue to let people lie about your business or say whatever they please, and we won't do anything to correct it, and neither will you. Damn. And, um, oh, yeah. That's and extortion. That point, I, was, I, was, I, was pretty, I was pretty freaking hot about it at that point. You know, I'm trying to trying to start something new. It's already hard enough, and I got this asshole behind the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's so badass because someone made him a fucking moderator on a forum, you know? And so I was pissed, you know? And um, people don't see, like, that you're working 20 hours a day, and you're just trying to make a living, and you're trying to build this company and follow these regulations and all this other bullshit, and then you got this guy, you know, trying to just make it even harder than it even has to be. And so um, I sent him an email back, and I was like, listen, I was like, I'm not going to be extorted by you or anybody else. And I was like, this is bullshit. I was like, I'm not ever paying you a dime, and I will starve before I ever send you a single dollar. 
fucking um, awesome. And he sent me a message back, and I'll never forget this. He sent me a message back, and he said, without us, you'll never make it. Goodbye. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I know. Look who's still in business now, huh? Damn. <laughs> fucking talk about keyboard, so, keyboard warriors at their finest. Dude, oh, yeah, four man, moderators. Back in the day, they were in prime. They were in prime practice back in the day. That's it, bro. <laughs> they had them forearm muscles. They could flex that shit yeah, on dude, you. It was dude, real. They had them, man. And so... Um, I sent him a message back, and I told him, I said, in five years, I'll still be around, and you'll be starving, and forums will be irrelevant. Boom. And um, I, had seen, I had seen the Facebook thing already coming up. Um, I mean, we were, I kind of was watching and what the trends were with social media and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, I kind of saw that trend hoping, and I, that's kind of what I was hedging on. Um, if I was wrong, I was going to be screwed. Um, <laughs> but if I was right, I was gonna, it was going to turn out okay for me. And... Um, so that's what kind of happened, and what I noticed was um, we're kind of like watching rankings and stuff like that um, in Google and all the analytics and all that stuff, and I kept seeing these spikes. And for no apparent reason, it wouldn't just be like one tune order. You know, I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be like 10 tune orders, and then it would be like real soft for a few days, you know, one, two, here and there, and then bam, there'd be like 10 or 15 like overnight. And I couldn't put my finger on what in the heck was going on. And what it was, what I finally linked it up to was that every time there was a forum post of let's bash Longhorn today, I got like 10 orders from it. And <laughs> what? I, I thought, I was like, man, I was like, this is actually kind of interesting because here these guys are bashing me and I'm getting all these orders for free. And so obviously. Hold they, on, man. You know, hold on. Hold on. Were these lobe tune orders? They, some of them were, but for the majority of them, they're not. I'm just busting your balls. No. <laughs> Every one of them. Every one of them's yeah, a fucking yeah. lope. Tune yeah, one, lope. Number two, moderate lope. One, one lope tune. Uh, ex- aggressive lope. Aggressive heavy smoke. Lope hold the smoke. <laughs> Five immobilizers. No smoke, you know, uh, and so, and so I started getting these orders, and I'm like, well, this is really strange. Um, yeah, these guys are bashing me, but there has to be obviously a lot more traffic that's feeling this than just the nut swingers that are bashing me on here. And so I was like, well, what? What if I just take advantage of this? Like, I'm not paying anything for this. This is great. Like, I get to do whatever I want. I get to be an asshole and make them work for me, and they're not even on my payroll. <laughs> and, so, and that's what, so that's what I kind of did. So for two years, I trolled the forums. I would, I would put stuff on my Facebook page that I knew would piss them off, that I knew would get re- posted on there, that I knew um, would start a bashing. So that's all I did. I posted stuff about how many rope tunes I sent out and how awesome rope tunes were and how much smoke we loved. And we just smoked out everything all the time. And um, it's freaking awesome, dude. It made me so much money and I never had to pay him a dime. Uh, Hold on. There is one thing that that moderator said that was true. You would have never made it if it wasn't for them. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. You're right. I take that back. I renew. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much, um, so yeah, so pretty much they pissed me off and they, without knowing it, they all worked for me for two years and I didn't have to pay them. So it worked out kind of great. Um, and now they're, I mean, now they're irrelevant, which is awesome. So they kind of made me a bunch of money and now no one goes to them and I don't know what, what job those guys do or 
Oh, moderators. Here's, here's my favorite part. Moderators never got paid. They were fucking volunteers. The auto guy bought up all the forums like 10 years ago. Nice. So auto guy went through and bought now. everything automotive. There is no automotive. Like there are no diesel forums like the old forum forums. No all of them are owned by auto guy. And I know this because we've signed the check to them, right? Um, yeah. Well, you see how much I gave a shit about them. Yeah. I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now, like you said, now it's it's Facebook groups, and I think I think I oh, see yeah. the same thing going on in Facebook groups that we saw go on in the forums because it's the same guys. So, yep. just because there's yep. a loud push out there, just because everybody says something on the forum, doesn't mean that's what everybody believes, and doesn't mean that represents exactly. the actual majority of the industry. Like, exactly. There exactly. were. It doesn't, it doesn't represent the majority of the people. And, and what people have to understand is uh, the forum is just like, or Facebook or social media is just like watching the news. You know, half the time I feel like I'm watching CNN or something. You know, you can't believe anything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you also and, have to... And a, go, go on. Go on, Manfred. Sorry. Oh, so you, you just got to kind of, um, you got to realize that when you're looking at that, that when you see something on, on the forum or Facebook and you think, man, that seems kind of out of line. It probably is. Yep. You know, it's someone that's ranting and raving that's upset that they couldn't they couldn't follow the directions. They tried calling at 9 p.m. 18 times and couldn't get any customer service, and now they're upset. And, um, you know, there's all those things, and, and I understand that, too. Like, it's a lot of money, and I've gotten, um, you know, I've gotten parts or, they were, or spent a lot of money on something, and I couldn't figure it out, and I get frustrated, you know. And that's usually what happens with people. They get frustrated. They get on Facebook, and... Um, you know, whether it's my competition or not, you know, I see that sometimes and, you know, it's hard not to just step in and just write a comment quick. Like, Hey man, like he's probably asleep. Like just chill out. <laughs> you know, he'll, like, you know, he's going to get you fixed. We're all in the business of getting you fixed. Cause if we don't do that, you know, we're not going to be around for long. So, and that's it though. You know, is it's, it's finding the people who are reasonable that you want to work with. Right. Like I always say with the right. stuff we sell, we don't sell our stuff to everybody. No. Like what we have is not for every single yep. diesel owner in the world. It's for a exactly. group of them. And if you're in that group, great. If you're not, shut the fuck up and comment on something you do like. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, mean, and I, just, I think Walmart, it used to be like a Walmart, Amazon mentality where you could buy everything and you could return whatever you want. And all you had to do is yell loud enough. Right. Um, and that's not the case anymore. And even if you go to Walmart, you can't always yell loud enough and get a return. And with Amazon anymore, um, that mentality is, they've all, they've all realized it's not sustainable. Um, and so that's kind of, that culture is kind of changing too, because as a, as a buyer, you're responsible for what you bought. Um, whether you get it and you think it's what you bought or not, uh, or that you decide that you didn't want it or not, um, there you have to work through the actual issue of what about it didn't you like because we're not doing um, this whole buy return kind of thing and um, and a lot of those companies now like uh, I don't know if you guys have heard the term firing the customer Um, there's a lot of places where anymore if you rant and rave on Facebook and it's not a legitimate claim and you haven't you know really tried and put forth an effort to actually talk to someone in a reasonable professional manner there's a lot of companies out there that have no problem you know, sending you a return label and firing you as a customer, you know? Yeah. And that's hard to do, um, but those times are kind of changing, and we've noticed more and more places um, that are very, very clear about that. And so it's good to see people stepping up to that and kind of taking ownership, and I think it sets a tone with customers that you got to be responsible for what you're buying. And, you know, we're all in this, obviously, to make money. 
Um, this isn't like this isn't UNICEF diesel, you know. <laughs> well, I think that's a big thing too. You know, with what you do and what we do, I mean, it, it's custom, right? So per the customer and what they have, you're doing a custom service. <clears throat> so exactly. you send out a product to them now in this day and age with AutoCals, that's such a huge, huge lifesaver. And then they call saying, well, the my vehicle is doing X, Y, and Z. So left turn signal doesn't work. And then, <laughs> and then you turn around and then it's like, okay, you have to edit the file uh, to um, better suit their needs. Then they get a call back. Oh, well, that's not what the truck was doing. This is what it's doing now. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. those are the guys that are getting very frustrated. And it, it, it's a select few out there. I mean, I understand there's going to be confusion, but it's you want the best for the customer. And you want to, oh, yeah. you know, you, you need the best information in return. So, you know, you always tell guys, hey, I want to work with you, not for you. So we yep. got to be on the same page in order to get this ironed out. Exactly. Not every truck's a home exactly. run, unfortunately. That's it, you know, man. it's not. Every truck's a little yep. different. Well, you know, I think the big, exactly. the big point here, too, is um, as you're doing reviews and as you're doing research, it's about sifting through the difference between somebody being a troll, like Manfred taunting the forums, right, or <laughs> or or if if it's like a bad review, you got to you got to read through that review. Don't just look at the stars. Read through and what did they say? Right. Does the guy guy sound like a fucking asshole in his review? Troll his Facebook. What yeah. does he have? Yeah. Okay. Dude's trolling your ass, putting you on blast. Yeah. Dude's got an '89 first gen. Yeah. Like, I have no. nothing against those guys. I love first gens, but I'm just saying you guys don't have tuning on the truck, so it's understanding the whole process it is it is it's, it's looking at all yeah. of it you know and i think the same thing goes for the good reviews i was just on a facebook group today and realized that it was sponsored by a company and like everybody in the group constantly is posting about how great this company is and i'm like well this is kind of a, a narrowed audience here right like if we just made oh, a yeah. fan group and then let our fans talk about how great we are. Everybody who was new to industry came to that group and found it. They're like, "Oh fuck, these guys must be great." Look at all, look at all of these people taunting. Exactly. Thing called them nut swingers yep. earlier, which is like the most appropriate yes. term ever. Yep. Um, that's cool. You should rep your brand. You should be proud of your truck. You should be proud of the stuff that you bought. You should be proud of people who gave you great customer service or provided you awesome products. Yep. But you also should be pretty pretty realistic and understanding that I think a lot of my competitors do a great job. Yeah. Just because you have my stuff doesn't mean I want you to bash my competitor. They're probably exactly. not really my competitor. They're just somebody else who does something similar. I think right. I think yep. that comes with uh, the demographic. You know, we are working with a specific age group. You know, oh yeah, I wasn't the same as I was when I was eighteen, nineteen, because I would have been more that that way, and I had been hosed by specific shops in the yeah. past and in other endeavors that I was in. So you know, as the yeah. time progresses, you know, you have to understand that everyone's human. It's not always perfect, and uh, you know, yeah. people are going to be brand loyal in their own ways. Yeah, you bring up a good point there too. A lot of times, you know. Um, I always wonder, like, how bad of experiences have people had with companies that they are so quick to, you know, assume that you're not going to ship their part or that it's not going to be right. Right. You know, we get we get people that, you know, they'll order at, you know, midnight and at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., they're calling like, hey, you're going to ship my parts. Hey, you're going to ship my parts. I'm freaking out. Like, I don't have a tracking number yet. You know, I got burned by three other companies and still haven't got my money back. Yeah. And I'm like, how many, like, how many companies are there out there that, 
that that's the people's knee-jerk reaction is that they're going to get screwed. Oh, dude, you know, I mean, that's kind of a real sad part. The one thing when I was younger, you know, not having a, a bank account really to fall back on, you know, buying parts paycheck to paycheck, you know, you'd always <laughs> look for the best prices. And I, the last sure. thing I'm going to do is mention names or companies, but I had bought a turbocharger from a company. It took them four weeks to ship the turbo. Email, oh, no response. Phone calls, no response. I mean, it was all to save 180 bucks. Out. All to save 180 bucks <laughs> yeah. here, you know? like. yeah. yeah, yeah. You learn the value of a little bit more money. You're going to get stuff. I I just bought a a block-off plate that I needed for one of my project cars, and I ordered it off Amazon, and it was because it was free shipping, right? It took me three weeks to get. You know what? I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. (laughs) You cheap fuck. Hey, stop. I'm being honest. But you know what? There is something where, you know, you get guys on the phone, like, how long have you been in business? What do you service? You know, like, what interrogating me on what I can offer them. Sure. But as time sure. progresses, you know what? There's more con artists out there than genuine people. And it's, that's what's it's tough. It's crazy. It's tough. Yep. You guys see that article about uh, the knockoff XDP, what was he in Florida? No. Ripping people off? You didn't see this? No. What? So he named his company Extreme Diesel Performance. It is not the XDP we all know and love. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. So it's some asshole, some <laughs> fly-by-night company gets arrested oh my god he ripped off customers and ripped off customers and finally ripped off the wrong one and they got him for like theft or whatever else but yeah like there are guys even out there who will rip off a name and open up a shop and try to piggyback on somebody else's success you know there's a balance between reading the reviews understanding the reviews and researching the company and researching what they've done. Um, That is one thing that I think the Facebook groups are really good for, and that's what I really recommend people do. Don't just go on and write, who's the best tuner? That's that's a (laughs) two-entry level of a question for our listeners, right? Like, our (laughs) listeners should know there is no one best tuner, and we work at a goddamn tuning company, right? If you're looking for the best tuner, it's more about how do you drive the truck? How do you use the truck? What is your mentality about the truck? What are your goals for the truck? What company best matches that? There's no one fits all. It's always the best, right? Um, exactly. And so that that's where the Facebook groups are, are really, really useful. That's where you can get a lot out of them. Yeah. Go on and ask, who else has used this product? Yep. Who else exactly. on here has an honest feedback? Who else has honest user review about this product? And that's going to get you a lot more accurate of information and keep <clears throat> a lot of the nut swingers out of your thread. Yep. yep. Exactly. Manfred, you exactly. do more than lope tunes, though. And smoke tunes. Yes, I do. We do more uh, than burnouts and black smoke. <laughs> I want to get. I wanna, oh yeah, I want to get this out there on the old, on the on the rope tune thing. All right, let's just real talk right here. Let's do rope it. Rope tune, one table, one number. <laughs> no crazy rail pressures. No ridiculous fueling. No forty degree of timing. No breaking motor valve. All that bullshit that's on the forums. Like I've heard it all. <laughs> People, it's one number and one table. Anyone in the world could do it. That's it. All right, I'm done with Lope That's tunes. it. Fuck Lope Tunes. <laughs> so, yeah, so tuning was a big part for us. Um, and then um, now we do more tuning than we have ever have in the past, but it's peanuts compared to our manufactured products. Um, that's really my background was manufacturing. Um, that's what I always had a passion for. Um, that's kind of what my engineering career was, um, high volume, um, generally metal type fabrication, um, or high volume injected plastics. Um, and so that was kind of always my passion. And, um, I started noticing there was a couple of local guys like, Hey, I need some traction bars for sled pulling. 
Um, and uh, I kind of built a few of them um, for them, and then they wanted a few for their friends. Um, and then I had like 10 orders that I needed to ship. And I thought it was like big time. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm making 10 of these at once. Like this is, this is the real deal. And I made those 10 and I got them all done. And I looked around. And I'm like, how in the hell am I going to ship these things? <laughs> you, can't just like buy, you just can't buy a box, you know? So I'm like, well, shit. I had like a bunch of MBRP exhaust. So I like took all the exhaust out. I like, put them in the MBRP boxes and it looked like shit. And I was like trying to put a bunch of packing in there. And uh, I got all 10 shipped out. And I was like, I am never selling another set of traction bars I have to ship. I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I spent more time trying to do this. I made literally no money. I'm done with it. I got those like 10 shipped out and I had like 20 more orders after that. <laughs> and um, so I was like, huh, maybe I should really actually apply my, uh, what I actually do as a real job um, into traction bars. And so um, I had the, I had the real fortunate um, life experience to work with a lot of um, probably the best in the nation as far as uh, consumer goods and how consumer goods should be packaged, um, how to, as an engineer, my responsibilities were uh, processes and assembly. Um, so I was like, well, I should really, you know, apply this stuff that I'm being paid to learn for my own company for my own company. Right. So I really took a long, hard look at how we were making them, how should we make them, how should we box them, um, what investments should we make in order to make this a, a real um, legitimate product that is going to be stored at other diesel shops and, and WDs and dealers across the nation, how do we do that? And so um, we really made an investment into packaging, boxing, instructions, um, materials, the components, um, all that stuff. And so we went from, you know, five years ago, we were in, shoot, I started in 700 square feet is what I made my first set of traction bars in. And we went from 700 square feet to 3,000 square feet. And then we just bought a 14,000 square foot industrial facility that we're remodeling oh, um, yeah. all for our manufactured goods. So it's been a real blessing for us. We've worked extremely, extremely hard. We get a we get a lot of people that call in. They're like, so, um, where can I get some boxes? I got something similar to traction bars that I'd like to ship. <laughs> um, we were just curious, you know, where do you get your boxes at? Like, where do you buy those from? And um, I always, you know, I always respond back to them. Like, you can't buy these boxes. These are our boxes, our design. You can't physically, you know, go to Uline and buy yourself some Longhorn Fab Shop traction bar boxes. They just don't exist outside of us. Um, and so those are the kind of investments we made in, um, in inventory and stocking and, and things like that so that we can produce the bars. And now it's, I mean, man, we can hardly keep up. We were in a situation six months ago, up until six months ago, we had been in back, on back order for, in a back order situation. So people weren't waiting this long, but we were always not shipping the next day, um, for almost a year, year and a half. Whoa. And it was extremely stressful. Um, growing really fast is, is stressful. Um, it's a good kind of stress. It's better than the alternative stress. Heather's always, Heather's my wife, she's always doing the books and keeping everything in order. And um, she's always complaining that, you know, I got all these bills, I got all these bills, I got all these bills. Well, all these invoices are coming in. And I always, I always tell her that the only time you really have to be concerned is when you have no more invoices to pay. <laughs> when there's no more invoices to pay, we are in some bad spots. 
So yeah, so we do. Uh, so we have you know different rod ends for the different trucks, but we do O one to ten. Um, oh man, the Bantos must have got someone to hear that. Oh yeah, <laughs> the ambulance. Um, so so yeah, so we do O one to ten Duramax trucks. Um, we do traction bars for those. Those are completely bolt-on kits. We have bolt-on kits for the 11, the present. So LML and L5P are all bolt-on kits for Duramax. Hey, now um, I have something to sell L5P owners. Done. Done. There Handled. You Thank you. Done. Done. Let I'll me tune your suspension. You we'll do a little gentleman's <laughs> agreement there. Oh, my God. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> so we came out with that. And then um, the other day, uh, uh, it was like, I don't know, it was like 10 or 11 o'clock, and Heather had already gone to bed, and I like, run into the bedroom, like, flip the light on, I'm like, hey, I was like, I got something to tell you. She, like, looks at me like I, like, bought her a new car or something. And uh, I was like, you know, if we take these brackets and put them with these brackets, they'll fit 11 and newer forts. <laughs> she just looked at me like, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so now we have 11 and newer forts, which kind of goes along with your tuning, because they're going to need traction bars as well. Um, and we get a lot of people that are like, um, well, we're filming um, for UCC this year. We have the what we call the Ultimate Series for an Ultimate Callout Challenge. Um, we had uh, Holly Rock um, uh, Customs, Mike Graves. They broke the U-bolts on the rear axle. The factory U-bolts just completely snapped. It was a complete failure of everything all at once. The, the brackets broke. The U-bolts broke. The leaf perches broke. It spun the axle around. Ripped all the brake lines out. It was a catastrophic failure. Um, and we had never seen a truck break U-bolts, um, and then everything else kind of disintegrate after that, like what had happened with them on their sled pull last year. Dude, Mike straight and, fucked um, that truck up at that it, sled pull, it was, man. It was crazy. I've he never seen somebody like, so excited to cost themselves, I don't know how much money, but like, yeah, that was, it was oh, fucking I awesome. I was like, I was like in tears, you know, he like came <laughs> over to me and I was like, man, I, I was so apologetic. I was like, listen, I don't, we've never seen this happen. Um, the FEA on it to do something like that, the finite element analysis in our system shows it takes about 80,000 pounds of pressure to do something like that, to even <laughs> begin to start to, for, to deform that bracket. Um, and I mean, like, it's hard to tell what failed first was the bracket, the U-bolts. No one ever knows. What we do know was that we have to find, we had to find a way to fix that. Um, and so we've got a special set for him. Um, we call him the, ultra, the ultimate series set. Um, and it goes, it replaces everything in the rear end. It goes from five-eighths U-bolts to three-quarter inch U-bolts that are used on semis. We have them custom built, bent, um, for to fit Duramax in the third and fourth gen Dodges. Whole new axle plate on the bottom, all out of three-eighths plate. Um, so he's going to be running those as the ultimate call-out challenge this year. Um, and they'll be available to the public as well, which is, is pretty awesome. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, and, uh, you know, we were up at XDP the other week and uh, with you guys, and the one question I was getting, you know, why, why the heck do I need traction bars? You know, what, what's it good for? Why am I going to drop, you know, $700, 1000 bucks on traction bars? And um, the biggest thing that we've noticed, especially coming from automotive background, is that the customer demands, um, we are, although we think we are a huge portion of the diesel demographic, we're really not. We're really a very small portion, a very niche, niche portion of even enthusiasts with diesel trucks. Um, and the majority of the customer base for an OEM, um, the biggest complaints are always um, fuel economy, road noise, um, power, 
and ride. Like those are almost always in the top complaints. Everyone wants their ride to be quieter inside. Not us, obviously, but the majority yeah. of buyers. Um, they want it quiet inside. They don't want the smell, and they want the ride soft, and they want to get a good fuel mileage. That's all they care about. They don't care about really anything else other than that. True. Um, and so what we've noticed is that um, in order to do that on trucks, what they've done is they went to a progressive lease uh, spring style. So when you're riding around empty, um, the spring rate is really soft, um, almost not quite like an SUV, but it's, it's right there. It doesn't take a lot of spring rate to keep the, the bed level in the back when you have nothing in it. Um, so you drive around, it feels really soft. It feels like an SUV, um, and everyone's happy. And then when you put load into it, then you get down, and so once it drops just a little bit with loads, the leaf springs um, get ex- uh, stiff extremely fast. And so that's, it's called a progressive spring rate. Almost every modern truck that's got leaf springs on it has that now. Um, and so what happens, though, is most of us aren't racing around and beating on our trucks with a 1,000 pounds in bed. Um, so we're always in that light spring rate of that truck. Well, the problem with the light spring rate is that it also allows that axle to wrap very easily so we've seen trucks that i mean even with a mild intake tuner and exhaust and they'll wrap the axle up so hard that it'll break the pinion off um the ears off the pinion and um and that's all due to that light spring rate and when i tell people people are like oh you know it's just wheel hop how bad could it be and i try to two things one when you're watching a sled pour and he starts bouncing down the track and you start to cringe that's just a slow motion version of what's happening when your truck's wheel hopping on the pavement. Right. Um, and, and second, when you feel that wheel hop, imagine that um, that whole drive line unloading and then loading back up. And that shock wave goes all the way from the axles, through the differential, through the pinion, drive shaft, into the transfer case, through the transfer case, through all the expensive stuff, all the hard parts in the transmission. And if you're lucky, it gets decoupled at the torque converter. If you're not, it goes right back through into the crank as well. And yeah. so those forces aren't just on wheels and tires. And a lot of people don't realize that gears, when they're designed, um, are designed to operate generally in one direction under load. They'll operate in both directions, obviously. But the whole design of it is to make sure that things mesh correctly when they're under load. Um, and what happens is you wrap that axle up and you put a bunch of load on it and then you unload that axle it smacks the backside of the ring and pinion, it smacks the backside of planetaries. Um, and then when it catches again, you're under a, a severe shock load the other direction. Um, and we've seen trucks that normally, if you have a truck with traction bars and um, you're not, you know, bouncing it off of potholes doing burnouts and stuff like that, I mean, you a planetary and, a, and an Allison will hold, you know, 800, 850 horse. Um, we've seen guys with, 600 horse trucks, no traction bars, doing a rolling burnout, hit a pothole and strip a planetary out. No, we see and that at the shop. Pretty standard. We have seen that at the shop. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know how many times yep. we've had to and talk to guys about why wheel hop destroyed all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit. Terrible. I had a two wheel drive LLY last summer that it was in like a, a short bed, goofy kind of conversion or whatever, and he had it slammed, so there's like no suspension in it. And, oh, uh, Yeah, he got some pretty good wheel hop on it, and when he sent in his core transmission, the bell and tail housing were fucking destroyed. Well, I think a lot of guys, too, like with what Manfred's doing, you know, 
in our industry, you know, we're, we do tuning, but we also do transmissions. We get a lot of inquiries, and we have to talk to guys about built transmissions. It's tuning is just a gateway drug. Let's all face it. Yeah. Oh, it is it definitely. <laughs> you buy a diesel, you do tuning, you're screwed, you're broke. But yep, what it is is it, it's yep. a tough pill to swallow. Justifying the per the first big purchase after the truck is going to be the transmission. Everything yeah. else is is yep. very minuscule in cost. So then you do this exactly. transmission, and you gain nothing. Okay, traction bars are kind of the same way. You gain nothing. You're going to gain insurance and reliability, and those two exactly. components kind yep. of go together. All right. Yep. You know, it's tough. There are some, you know, exactly. everyone wants to buy a turbocharger and injectors. No oh, one is right. ever excited about buying a fucking transmission or traction bars. I don't care who you are. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it. It's, it, yep. it becomes tough. 100%. Uh, um, what, what haven't we asked you today? Um... Let's see. I'm doing razor parts. What's that? I'm razor parts. Razor parts. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You're on your way to a razor park. You just told us this, and I didn't even I didn't even start poking at you at all about it. What fucking parts are you making for razors? So we do um, rear like tow hook plates and stuff like that, just random stuff that kind of fits in our wheelhouse. We'll have tie rods, like lifetime warranty tie rods, since apparently fucking razors have the same problem that the Duramax has, and we're real good at fixing tie rods. Um, so, <laughs> apparently. So have, yeah, so I mean, we're really, that's pretty normal shit for us here. Um, everyone else is like freaking out about it, and we're like, this is like normal. They got tie rods, they're going to bend. Um, and so that, but our, by far, one thing that's taken off by storm, and we sell, we sell pallets at a time uh, every month, uh, or seat and um, lowering and reclining bases for the 1,000 um, razors, and then any razor running 1,000 seats. And it literally, you just take your stock base off. Everyone loves the Can-Am X3s because they, you sit kind of like a cockpit, like a real race car would, reclined and lower into the cab. Um, and uh, it was kind of one of those I kind of stumbled upon. I wanted to chop my cage because I wanted to run bigger tires and I didn't want to buy a bigger enclosed. So I thought, if I want to run bigger tires, I'll just chop my cage, make it lower, put bigger tires on it. I don't have to buy a new enclosed. I thought I'd save myself some money. You, well, you cheap out, fuck. Like, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm cheap as shit. And so I don't have to spend all this freaking money on, I bought used razors, don't ever do that. Um, I think I dropped like, oh man, I dropped like, I think in two months, I dropped $8,000 to put two razors back together from people completely fucking them and not, like, maintaining them at all. I seen a post and, the other um, day about buying a used razor. I think it said it's, buying it's a used razor. Wait till like, December. Wait till December. Out. Don't give a shit about color. Buy that ugly white one that no one fucking wants. Um, <laughs> save yourself, like, eight grand yeah. in December and just be happy with life and, and move on and don't spend your whole winter freaking out and spending shitloads of money that you didn't want to spend. No, but, so anyway, so everyone said, ahead. don't chop your cage more than like five inches or you'll, it'll be too low. I sat in it and I was like, dude, if five inches looks good, I bet six inches would be sweet. So That's what I took she six said. inches out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out, if you take she six didn't like inches six off, inches. <laughs> Chris is dying. If you guys could see my co-host of the podcast right now, he is fucking hyperventilating. Oh my god! Oh god! I'm sorry. If you take six inches out of the cage, it's too much. Obviously, I sat down in it and I was like, "This is perfect." And um, looked awesome. Got it all welded up. Reinforced everything against everyone else's wishes to reinforce the stock cage. I should have bought an aftermarket one, but I did it anyway. 
Um, and uh, I sat in it, there's a sweet, gonna take it out, put my helmet on, and I was like, shit, I did not account for my helmet. Um, and so my head was bouncing off the cage, which is not really desirable when you're <laughs> racing through the woods. So, um, so I was like, man, I wonder if I could like lower this seat some. So I like did a quick Google search about lowering bases, and no one was making a lowering base that I could find, or that was actually marketing them in a manner that you could actually freaking find them on the internet. So I was like, screw this, I'll just make some. So I made some that lower and recline, and you know I gained like. It sets you down like an inch and a half, but with the recline, you get like two, two and a half inches extra uh, headroom, which is perfect. And I was like, surely I could, you know, just pre-sell a couple of these, maybe pre-sell like a hundred of them um, on this model, and then, you know, then I won't have to pay all the design or the manufacturing setup all for these one basis, for this one base that I need. So we did like a, a, a pre-order of a hundred bases, and everyone got them. And they're freaking were awesome. And I was excited about it. All the customers were excited about it. And Razor people are awesome because instead of like getting on the forum or getting on a Facebook page and being like, hey, you suck, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. These guys were like, hey, I got this base. If you did this, it would really help me on this. Or if you did that, it would really help me on this. The next time you do a run of these, could you change that? And um, so that's what we did. So every time we like made a run of them, um, we call them different generations. Every time we made a generation, um, we changed something until we got to the, I think we're on Gen 3 or Gen 4 now. And uh, we sell the shit out of them. They're freaking awesome. They let you latch and unlatch a seat from the front, which unless you have a razor with aftermarket seats where you can't get to the damn latch in the back of the seat because the back's closed, um, you realize how awesome a front latching system is. So that's my like quick little plug on razor lowering seat bases. No shit. And you're not the first person yeah. that I get I've ever talked to that's in diesel that owns a shop and they go I started fucking with razors razor owners are a lot easier to deal with they don't bash <laughs> you they don't bother you they don't call you after hours they just want parts exactly. and they want to go fuck just, shit up that's it and, and they just like and they just I mean they bought a razor they just expected to break like I think half of them come broken from the factory um, but you know when you're, when you're just beaten down like that you just accept the fact it's broke <laughs> no that's it I mean it's a big ass toy right fuck it Exactly, exactly. That's so we awesome. have a good time with it. It's fun. Um, my wife and two boys were headed out tonight, so we strapped their car seats in. They got, like, little bright-colored helmets, and we just cruise around the park and have a good time and meet all kinds of cool people. So, and the cool part is, is that it mingles really well. So most Razor owners have diesel trucks. And they need so traction bars and love to us. It's already in our <laughs> wheelhouse. They're already our customers. You know, it's kind of... Have kind of a good deal. So hell yeah, man. Well, that's awesome, Manfred. I definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your vacation to to talk to us and pull over on the side of the road and risk getting uh, taken by the hill people in <laughs> Kentucky. Um, <laughs> there's seriously, I'm not kidding you right now. There are six cats that are randomly like wandering around me, and I can't tell if they're like hungry for dinner, or if they expect a treat, or if it's like just normal down here. But. <laughs> <laughs> Things that have never been said on the podcast before. Yes, I'm being stalked by cats. If you ever introduce anyone else as the biggest asshole, I'm going to be really pissed off. Because oh. right now, like, we've got that slated. So. Oh, that's you. Don't worry. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Manfred, uh, obviously you can be reached at Longhorn Fab Shop. What's a good way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, so... Um, we obviously have the Longhorn Fab Shop Facebook page. Um, there's Longhorn Fab Shop on Instagram. Um, you know, 
Facebook and Instagram and Kahoot together, you can't, you don't really ever know what's going to be on your news feed and, and what they're going to decide that you're going to get to see. Um, so we've, uh, we did, we have a Longhorn Fab Shop, uh, Snapchat as well. It's just Longhorn Fab Shop. You can add us on there. Um, you'll get, you'll get the real life right there. You're not going to get some filtered, non-chronological, what are your friends, friends like. Um, you get up to date, what's going on, what we're doing, sneak peeks. Um, you get to see when we're really happy and when we're really sad and when we're really pissed off. Um, so you get to see all that good stuff. Um, obviously, um, the website, um, you can email us. The general email is contact us at longhornfabshop.com or uh, a main number. You can Google search it. Um, you can get it off our website, but the main number is 855-797-8478. Um, not a lot of people pick up the phone anymore, um, but uh, it's always a good way to have a two-way conversation quick and get some questions answered and in order place and stuff like that so well that's awesome thanks again for your time today this has been paul wilson and this is chris emke thanks for listening Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. You could also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. Something new, it's already hard enough, and I got this asshole behind the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing that because someone made him a fucking moderator on a forum, you know? And so I'm pissed, you know? 